You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy. This is The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Over the weekend, a young Taylor Swift fan started to feel unwell while in the crowd at a concert in Brazil. Sadly, she would pass away not long after. And while her cause of death is yet to be disclosed, much has been said about the fact that the heat index that day reached a stifling 59.3 degrees Celsius. Could this be a side of climate change we didn't fully comprehend, when attending a concert might just be too dangerous for our health? Today, we look at the unexpected ways in which climate change might impact us and what's happening around the world to try and put a stop to it getting too hot. But first, news headlines for Wednesday, November 22. In the most positive sign yet that progress is being made in the war between Israel and Hamas, a truce agreement between the two is believed to be close. Israel, hoping some of the more than 200 people taken hostage on October 7 will be released. Hamas officials say they were close to reaching a truce agreement with Israel as the group delivered its response to Qatari mediators. The Israeli Prime Minister's office releasing a statement saying progress is being made and they hope there will be good news soon. The deal would reportedly see the release of a around 50 hostages held by Hamas since October 7. In return, female and minor-aged Palestinian detainees would be released from Israeli custody, as well as a multi-day pause in fighting. Negotiations now focus on how long the truce will last and the arrangement of aid delivery into Gaza. Former Liberal staffer Bruce Lerman will face court today to answer questions around the allegations he raped Brittany Higgins in Parliament House in 2019. Lerman's high-profile defamation case over media reports regarding the alleged rape claim is set for an 18-day hearing in the federal court. Lerman suing Network 10 and journalist Lisa Wilkinson over a report they aired on the project in 2021. He's also suing the ABC over the live broadcast of a joint speech by Miss Higgins and former Australian of the Year Grace Tame at the National Press Club in 2022. He's seeking damages and aggravated damages, claiming the reports defamed him and destroyed his reputation. A new report shows Aussies are driving less, ditching the road trip and considering switching to an electric vehicle due to the rising cost of fuel. The Climate Council study also revealed widespread support for the introduction of a fuel efficiency standard in Australia to deliver more vehicles that use less fuel. Treasury figures showing petrol prices have surged by more than 7% between July and September and were expected to remain high due to volatile oil markets. The research found seven in every 10 Australians were making efforts to decrease their fuel and vehicle expenses, including cutting back on unnecessary trips and skipping vehicle maintenance. Three discarded World War II bombs have been safely detonated after being found in bushland in far north Queensland. The three rusty UXOs, or unexploded ordinances, were found after rangers constructed firebreaks in the area last year, which gave them access to more parts of the state forest. They stumbled across the 80-year-old bombs on a routine patrol. It's believed they were left there by either Australian or American troops who used the nearby Mariba airstrip, which was built in 1942. The bombs have now been safely detonated by members of the Defence Force, rangers saying they went up with a bang, warning explorers trekking the area that if it looks like a bomb, it probably is, and to leave it alone before alerting authorities. 
the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have made a surprise visit to a hockey game in Canada. Harry was given the honour of dropping the puck for the game between the San Jose Sharks and Vancouver Canucks before joining Meghan in the stands. Vancouver being the next city to host the Invictus Games in 2025, the international multi-sport event for wounded, injured and sick armed forces personnel, which the Duke founded in 2014. It was a nice moment for Harry. His grandmother, the late Queen Elizabeth, also dropped the puck for the same two teams during her two-week Golden Jubilee tour of Canada in 2002. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Let's be honest. We hear the term climate change and immediately we want to switch off our ears. We've been told it's coming, we're relying on governments to stop its arrival or at least slow it down. But then he reports we're breaking records left and right when it comes to heat. Over the weekend, we also realised that climate change may come at us in unexpected ways, when a young Taylor Swift fan passed away while attending one of her Eras Tour concerts in Brazil. As the 60,000-strong crowd gathered at a stadium in Rio de Janeiro where Swift was to perform, the conditions worsened. November in Brazil is usually fairly warm and humid, but on this day, Rio de Janeiro broke the record for its highest ever heat index reading, a combination of both heat and humidity, coming in at a scorching 59.3 degrees Celsius. This heat wave comes weeks before the official start of summer. There are photos from the ground showing young girls helping their friends by elevating their feet as they lay on the concrete, feeling lightheaded in the sweltering conditions. There are also reports that they weren't allowed to take water into the stadium and there was a lack of drinking water inside. As the concert got underway, 23-year-old Ana Clara Benavides started to feel unwell. Her friends saying she passed out not long after Swift started just her second song of the three-hour event. During the performance, several other fans also fell ill, Swift halting the show requesting her team provide water for those who needed it. Sorry, it's just very hot, so it speaks as they need water when it's this hot. They say we need it. Do you see it? Are we good? Water! 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 This spike in temperatures has made it difficult for those who don't have access to ways to keep cool or stay hydrated. But scientists say there are a stack of different ways that climate change may impact us that we maybe hadn't considered. Like when we catch a plane, for example. Climate change is making turbulence worse, meaning our plane rides are going to get bumpier. A study in the journal Geophysical Research Letters comparing climate data from 1979 to 2020 found severe turbulence caused by colliding streams of air travelling at different speeds increased by 55%, moderate turbulence by 37%, with hotter air meaning wind speeds and wind direction are changing more dramatically. We also sleep less in hotter weather, with a 2022 study published in the One Earth Journal finding people had lost around 44 hours of sleep each year due to the heat associated with global warming. A study in the Scientific Reports Journal also found that canine aggression increases on hotter days, which has led to more dog bite injuries. The US study analysed dog bite data from eight US cities, finding an 11% increase in dog bites when there's a high UV and a 4% increase when temperatures rose. Hot attempts have been linked to a drop in the birth rate. A 2018 study published in the Demography Journal 
found that days with an average temperature above 26.7 degrees were linked to a 0.4% decrease in the birth rate roughly nine months later. Now, you might think that's because we have a decreased sex drive when it's hot. But scientists actually believe that high temperatures could lower fertility, especially when it comes to how well sperm swims. These warmer conditions are also creating a gender imbalance in those animals whose eggs rely on global temperatures to determine the sex of the baby that hatches. The Australian central bearded dragon, for example, hatching more females as the mercury rises. If you feel like your hay fever has been especially vicious of late, you're not wrong. Rising temperatures are causing earlier and longer spring-like conditions, which means more time for pollen to get shot out into the atmosphere by plants taking advantage of the conditions. A 2021 study in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found the season of sneeze increased in the Northern Hemisphere by 20 days between 1990 and 2018. Pollen levels increased by 21% across that same time period. Researchers and law enforcement around the globe have also reported an increase in crime on hotter days. And as with many consequences of climate change, it's the poorer neighbourhoods who are the most impacted. We can see this in major Australian cities like Sydney, for example, where the western suburbs are hotter than the Sydney CBD by around 6 to 10 degrees due to poorly planned development and urban sprawl. It creates a heat island effect, with less exposure to those cooling sea breezes experienced in the east. If the thought of a crime wave isn't enough, add to that that climate change could halve the number of coffee-growing land by 2050, a PLOS1 journal study finding the number of regions suited to growing coffee such as Brazil, Vietnam, Indonesia and Colombia could see a decline in usable coffee-growing land by 50%. We could also see more volcanic eruptions, smaller animals, faster tree growth, less reflective light making the planet a little duller, and even the degradation of some museum pieces, with increased humidity causing bacteria to speed up the declining quality of things like mummies in the Egypt displays. Climate change is going to be more than rising sea levels and hot days. It will start to creep into nearly all aspects of our lives. Dr. Simon Bradshaw is the Director of Research at the Climate Council. Simon, what happened in Rio? We don't know the cause of death of this young fan, but can we start to draw lines between her passing and the effects of climate change? Brazil, like so many parts of the world this year, has experienced a succession of very severe heat waves. Now, as we warm up the planet through the burning of coal, oil and gas, it means more extreme hot days. It increases the risks of heat-related deaths, which is one of the most brutal consequences of climate change. So what we can say, sadly, is we are seeing increasing disruptions to our treasured sporting and cultural events such as this. And yes, with climate change does come that increased risk of heat-related injuries and the risk of dying due to heat. When we look at it broadly, globally, are more people now dying in heat waves than they are in other sort of major weather events? Heat is often referred to as the silent killer. It doesn't always get as much attention, but here in Australia, extreme heat is responsible for more weather-related deaths than all other kind of weather-related disasters put together. Now, we can project those risks to only increase because of our past inaction on climate change, but the thought we have to hold on to here is that our choices right now and our decisions, smart decisions to drive down emissions this decade, 
that can really limit future harms and those actions today will be measured in fewer lives lost to deadly heat extremes than we would otherwise see. Well, can we talk about that? Because the UN just released a report that said the way that global governments are committing to their emissions targets at this point, that we're on track to warm by about just under three degrees in this century. What does a three degree increase realistically look like? Because we see, you know, an increase in three degrees doesn't seem like such a big deal, does it? But globally, I imagine it is quite a bit different. The way we really feel the impacts of climate change is not just through that increase in average temperature, it's the extremes that come along with that. Now, already with around 1.2 degrees of warming globally, we've seen this huge and dangerous increase in extreme heat waves, worsening fire weather, devastating floods. And if we project forwards, a three degree warmer world is almost unimaginable. It's a barely survivable future for many communities worldwide. Put simply, we cannot let things get to that level of warming. We have to drive our emissions down much faster in these critical years and be moving beyond fossil fuels so that we can limit warming as close as possible to 1.5 degrees because every increment of warming beyond that brings more and more dangers, whether in terms of heat extremes or a whole raft of other horrors that we need to avoid. COP28 conference is just around the corner where world leaders come together to discuss the very thing that we're talking about. Realistically, though, Can we actually achieve the Paris Agreement 1.5 degree warming target at this stage, considering what the UN report just told us? The only good thing about climate change is we know what's causing it and we know what the solutions are. Now, we do have the technology to be driving down emissions at the pace needed. The economics are increasingly favourable. Conveniently, a rapid transition to renewable energy, that's also the permanent bill buster that can ensure we have affordable electricity here and worldwide. But we're a long way from where we need to be, and it's going to take a real turnaround, a jump from some very incremental steps we've taken so far to really throwing everything we've got at this challenge. But every smart decision, every bit of pollution we avoid, every tonne of carbon we leave in the ground, that's all measured in lives, communities, ecosystems saved. So we just have to give it everything we can. Simon, let's be honest, none of us really want to talk about climate change, unless there's someone like yourself who does it for a living. It seems too big, too much, too scary, and it seems like no effort on my part is making a difference because we're relying on big governments to actually do the right thing. Is there anything positive happening in this space right now? Look, there is absolutely positive things happening almost wherever you look, and we need to see those and recognise where there is progress. And the other thought we've got to hang on to is that The very things we've got to do to drive down emissions are also the things that can build much stronger, healthier, happier communities, whether it's changing the way we move around, getting out of our private cars, doing more on foot and on public transport, whether it's thinking about where our food comes from, whether it's sourcing our electricity from cheap, sustainable, renewable energy. All of these things are actually really attractive when it comes to building the kind of future we want. Now, we've taken some positive steps. It's not enough. It's now about dialing that up, seizing the opportunity. Australia's got so much to lose through an action on climate change, but so much to gain when it comes to creating a future that's not only safer, but a whole lot brighter and healthier and stronger for all of us. So we've just got to see that light at the end of the tunnel and go for it. John Cook is a research fellow who specialises in climate communication and misinformation at Melbourne University. He says we shouldn't be fooled by climate change deniers. Yes, they still exist, 
but their focus has changed and it's stopping us from seeing the progress we've already made and can still make. One thing that my research has shown is that over the last several decades, climate misinformation has been transitioning from science denial to misinformation targeting solutions. For example, arguing that climate policy will harm the economy or that renewable energy won't work. All of climate misinformation is about trying to stop climate action or trying to delay it. But the fact that solutions misinformation is becoming more and more prevalent is a real concern because what people don't realise is that we have everything we need to solve climate change now. We have all the solutions, we have the technology, we just need the political and social will to take action. Taylor Swift said that she would be unable to speak about the death of her fan at her concert while on stage, feeling too overwhelmed by the grief. She cancelled her Saturday concert, rescheduling it to deal with the extreme temperatures, returning to the stage on Sunday where she paid tribute to Anna by playing her 2022 song Bigger Than The Whole Sky on the piano, the first time she's done so since launching her Eras tour. One lyric just slightly changed to make her fans believe she's feeling very responsible for her fans' passing. Every single Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. 